Hi, this is Glenda Canfield with virtualizationpractice.com. You can follow me at Glenda Canfield on Twitter. Today I'm speaking with Mendy Newman with Aircom. Mendy, would you like to um, tell people a little bit more about yourself, explain how you ended up where you're at, what you're doing, and why, um, you know, why I'm talking to you. So let's go. Okay, thank you very much, Glenda. Yeah, first let me uh, introduce myself. Uh, as Glenda mentioned, my name is Mendy Newman. I'm the head of solution management here at Aircom Software. Uh, just a little background on myself. I'm uh, 17 years, 18 years I guess now. I have to date myself a little bit in the uh, software industry, uh, mostly in product management roles. My, my role has generally been to be the bridge between the technical side and the business side of uh, high-tech companies, mostly in startups actually. Um, and I seem to be able to, to build that bridge to translate techies into businesses and businesses into techies so we can make sure that as software companies, uh, we're not just building technology for technology's sake. We're building technology that actually addresses end-user problems uh, and at the same time translating end-user problems into a language that the techies and infrastructure people and development people that we work with uh, can understand. So that's sort of where my role is in the company. Uh, so as the head of solution management uh, here at Aircom Software, my job is to work with our larger strategic implementation projects uh, to see them through to fruition, through the installation, implementation, configuration, whatnot uh, of the Aircom Software suite. Uh, so what we're, we're here to talk about today is that we're very excited today uh, to announce a new flagship product for the Aircom Software uh, product suite. The new product is called Aircom Connect. Um, and this is a, 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 a new product in the market for Ericom. Uh, you might be familiar with Ericom from our uh, historical years. We've had term emulation products that have been award-winning. Uh, more recently, we've had our Blaze software, uh, Ericom Access Now, which is our HTML5 uh, web-based solution, uh, which is market-leading in that field as well. Um, and today, we're excited to announce Ericom Connect. Ericom Connect is our new product, which is focusing on virtualization management, specifically on connection brokering. So allowing you as IT professionals, you in the CTO's office, you in the virtualization practice and various enterprises or hosting companies, uh, to be able to manage all the infrastructure that's related to providing access to remote desktops and applications. Um, so we, we, you know, we started this project about three years ago now. This has been a sort of skunk work project for a better part of three years. Uh, we've had a full team dedicated to this project. And, uh, you know, it sort of takes a little bit of audacity to take a step back uh, and decide to build a new connection brokering platform from scratch. Most of the other platforms on the market, including our own historical platform, which was called WebConnect, uh, was built probably 10 or 12 years ago and sort of matured over the years and had little pieces bolted on here and there. Um, but for the core, most of those technologies are, are I don't want to say ancient, but you know, anything in the tech world over five or six years old is relatively ancient. Uh, so we decided about three years ago that it was time to build this system from scratch. And I mean from scratch, I mean literally from zero lines of code. Uh, our core client-based technology, HTML5, or our Blaze protocol, is still, of course, included in the product. Uh, but the entire management layer and the entire infrastructure layer and database layer has been absolutely constructed, architected from the ground up. Uh, you might ask, why would we do such a thing? It's a little, you know, very right. expensive project, uh, very expensive project, very time-consuming project, uh, lots of tears shed along the way, so, so why do we do it? And the answer is, is that, uh, and you, you, know, you know better than I do, Glenda, uh, everybody's got a different, you know, best of flavor of virtualization platform, whether you might be using Citrix or VMware or Aircom's Web Connect or, you know, there's other little, little players out there in the market. 
Uh, and from my travels around, I have yet to find anybody who's really excited and happy about their virtualization management platform. And there seem to be a, a number of consistent issues that everybody seems to be having. Uh, and they sort of form the basis for why we decided to build this product. And I can really boil them down to three simple things. First of all, it's complexity. All the systems on the market are very, very complex. They're complex to install, they're complex to configure, they're complex to manage. Um, and, and if you then need to merge them together because your company merged with some other company and you need to merge two infrastructures together, uh, I mean, it's an absolute nightmare. And the reason it's a nightmare is because they were never really designed to do some of the things we're using them for. These are mostly built on relatively old technologies without anybody actually taking the opportunity to, to, to rethink them and re-architecture them. So our first focus when we designed and architecture Aircom Connect was that it should be straightforward to install, configure, and manage. The second right. pillar... Well, I'm let, sorry, me, let me interrupt you there. I've got a question. Sure. Um, quick question. Why uh, you know, create a brand-new broker when there are already um, a couple of brokers, specifically the you know, VMware View and Citrix and Desktop, that are widely being used today. What was your motivation for trying to recreate that? And um, also, what are you doing about protocol? Because Citrix and VMware both have their own protocol. Sure. Excellent. Both, both excellent questions. Let's address them both one by one. Um, Ericom has been in this market space, in the what you call Citrix VMware market space, for about 10 years now. Uh, actually, our first uh, product in the market was actually a protocol-based product called Ericom Blaze. Uh, which has been in the market for, yeah, about nine years now, uh, focused on uh, RDP acceleration. Okay, so I, I don't didn't know we were the first, but we were definitely one of the leaders in that market space when we first started it, and that was based you know, in the old days of RDP, early days of RDP on Windows 2003, et cetera, when RDP was really, really slow. Uh, mm -hmm. So we had a, a protocol that we, we invented here called Blaze, uh, which did what you think it does. It accelerated and compressed and gave you a much better RDP experience. Uh, and that was a standalone product, okay? So we, we sold it and marketed it around the world to all kinds of different companies who had needs for a better, real standalone RDP experience. Right, in a um, local area network scenario because it's UDP-based? Yeah, it could be it's in a, lo uh, in a LAN or a WAN. Either way, it doesn't you know, matter. We, we have right, a secure gateway in front of it. Right, but WAN is typically not um, you know, ideal for UDP because of how it degrades and... You know, Correct. packet loss. So, Correct. Um, you know, essentially, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, it, how how you're accelerating RDP. It's still UDP based, but continue. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's not when I say accelerating RDP. At the end of the day, the protocol going out is actually our own protocol. We we re, obviously introspect an RDP. Uh, we take it all apart as as ICA does and as PC over IP does in different fashions, obviously, each one in their own way. Uh, but it was the same idea. The protocol that went out was actually our own uh, server-based component, uh, which translated RDP into the Blaze, the Blaze protocol. It was actually the Blaze protocol that went out to the various clients, whether you're on a you know, Windows-based platform or a mobile platform, whatever it was. Um, we actually How did quite a bit of business it? even in the – you, in those, again, in those days, uh, your acceleration was mostly based on image compression, audio compression, um, and, and basically t taking the, the various drawing activities that were going on on the screen and, and optimizing them. Obviously, nowadays with you know, RFX2 and RDP8, there's uh, less 
benefit to any of the acceleration protocols, and whether that's Blaze or PCRP or HDX, uh, you know, RDP has come a long way. Uh, well, HDX is TCP-based, and they've been working on their virtual channels for over 25 years. So. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not knocking HDX. That, that wasn't my uh, my point. I apologize. I wasn't knocking. I'm just saying the the native RDP experience um, has come a long way, um, and, and and you know we we see less and less um, less and less requests from the market space for for native acceleration. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Okay. Obviously, there's other concerns, latency concerns, bandwidth concerns, uh, which should still be addressed. But the the the, the basic acceleration is not really where, 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 where we are right now. But let's just jump a little bit forward into Aircom's history. Uh, based on the Blaze technology, we then migrated that similar technology to AccessNow, which is our HTML5 component, uh, which uh, we believe we were the first to the market with a native HTML5-based uh, remote access protocol. So this allows, again, as I'm sure you're familiar with, native in any HTML5 compliant browser without plugins, without Java, without anything, to be able to get remote access to desktops or applications. Um, we've been the market leader in there, uh, and while everybody's you know, slowly catching up, uh, we understand that, uh, we still are very far ahead in terms of our feature set uh, in that, in that uh, space to the point where most of the implementations we do with our customers, uh, we focus less on the native installed client sort of uh, installations and more on the web-based protocols and the web-based HTML5 installations. Uh, and in, in the world of, of web hosting and the, you know, the worlds that we're dealing with, people are hosting all their infrastructure on Amazon, uh, the idea of installing clients is, is becoming less and less uh, palatable, uh, mm-hmm. and the idea of running things inside of a browser is more and more attractive. Uh, yeah, obviously you're giving up a little bit of functionality here or there. That's understood. Uh, but the benefits uh, and the ease of use for end users uh, most of the time trumps that. So, so that, that's just right. a little with, historical perspective on Aricom. Go with ahead. the HTML5, I understand, you know, HTML5 pretty much runs on, on any operating system. The question I have for you is, is, are you publishing the entire application or are you publishing modules inside the application? You know, we publish the entire application. Okay, so there are other products out there I'm familiar with that you know let you do customization and pick screens and stuff. That's mm-hmm. not uh, the game we're playing. Uh, we are either providing full desktop or we allow you to do basically a seamless window uh, to a seamless application within your browser. So, so you you're not targeting mobility with this. We're not targeting mobility in terms of. Uh, taking a Windows-based application and making it usable on the mobile platform, but we are targeting mobility, more, I would say, less on the uh, uh, mobile phone, but more on the tablet side of things where, the, generally speaking, the Windows, most applications you know, can scale properly for a tablet device. Uh, so then we're not focusing on the idea of picking parts of the screen to make it more usable. We're focusing mm-hmm. on giving you features you need to make that experience better. Features like pinch and zoom natively built in. Features like turning, if you're on an iPad and you turn it from landscape to portrait, automatically resizing the session. Features like having a native a HTML-based uh, Windows keyboard that can pop up when you click on a text-based field so that you don't have to work with the iPhone uh, keyboard, which let's say doesn't have the Windows key and doesn't have the function keys that you might need to work in your application. So our focus on mobility is more on the ease of use in terms of giving you all the features you need, uh, not necessarily on, on screen scraping and cutting parts out. Okay. So are you familiar with Red Oak um, Mobility? 
Yeah, I've, I, I think I actually saw that on, on uh, one of your previous podcasts. Uh, very interesting product, um, and uh, yeah, I, I understand their approach, and uh, that's that's not where we've been focusing on. Uh, but uh, I, I understand the market for both approaches. Okay. All right. Now, as far as um, the protocol that you're delivering it with and your broker, um, specifically, what does your broker look like and, and how is that architected? Sure. So, so that was getting my next point, which is so then wrapping around the, the Blaze protocol technology and the HTML5 Access Now technology, we've had historically already over the last uh, six years a, a connection broker called WebConnect. Connect, which is the new product we're announcing today, is the next evolution of that idea. And the idea, of course, is making sure that from a management perspective, your end users, instead of you know, getting to a, a native web-based screen where they have to you know, pick the, the desktop they want to get to, obviously providing it to them with a nice icon, icon graphically-based interface so they can get access to the resources they need. Uh, now, that access could be desktop-based. It could be on a Mac. It could be on a mobile device. It could be on a tablet. It could be on a Chromebook. Uh, we have customers all around the world using it on just about every platform known to man. Um, and whether they want web-based access or whether they want whether they want native installed access because they need a specific printer driver or whatever it might be, um, our management tool supports that. But the real strength of Ericom Connect, um, this is what we're really excited about, is really on two functions, two two specific areas. First of all, scalability. The Ericom Connect is not built on a standard database technology that you might be familiar with from the other sort of uh, connection brokers. Most connection brokers are running on a SQL server, maybe MySQL, Oracle server, different types of technologies like that behind there. We decided when we first started this project three years ago to plan 10 or 15 years in the future. And the large multi-million user websites, you know, the Facebooks of the world, the Twitters of the world, et cetera, obviously are not running their infrastructure on SQL servers and Oracle servers. They've moved on from that sort of database technology into what we call NoSQL or grid-based technology. It has different sort of names in the world. Uh, and we decided that while that's probably a little bit overkill for what we need, uh, in a connection brokering solution, we really wanted to be able to scale out to the future. So our entire infrastructure in Aircom Connect is built around the grid technology, which means the entire database and the entire business logic layer is not running off a physical disk. At runtime, it all comes up into memory across multiple machines in the grid, however many machines you need, um, and that's how the entire system runs. There is a SQL server the behind there. Cluster? The Bocal is natively clustered, right? The technology we're using in the grid allows you to be natively clustered, which means I would assume in any uh, – let me just give you some statistics so you understand what we're talking about. Uh, on a single uh, Amazon M3 extra-large server, which is not such a big server, four cores, 16 gigabytes of RAM, uh, as a management server, not as a terminal host, but as a management server, we have tested to over 50,000 concurrent users. That's 5 0 Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the level of scalability we're talking about by taking everything off the disk and having it run in this grid in memory. So imagine a cluster, you know, in a production environment, you'd have at least two or three of these management servers running in a grid sort of format. And a grid format means they're an absolute cluster. They're self-aware. Um, mm -hmm. Any one grid can fail. Any one server, I'm sorry, could fail from the grid. And the other two servers take over the load. So there's no issue of any single point of failure. Um, and by running across three servers and having all that data shared across the memory of the three servers, you're talking about a configuration then, let's say, three simple servers that can support hundreds of thousands of concurrent users. Now, that, you know, 
what kind of enterprises need that? There are enterprises out there. Uh, there's hosting providers we're working with that have 25,000, 30,000 users already, uh, mm-hmm. and they're looking for solutions to manage all that in a single, in a single solution, and, and that's really the, the, the market we're aiming at. We're not moving away from the small, medium business. We know that's you know, been our bread and butter, and we address those markets as well, and we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, but the, the focus on scalability was really important to us, to, to use this grid technology to, to think further out to how things are going to scale and things are going to mature. Right, but how complex is it to install is what I'm asking. How many servers do you need? What needs to be on them? Do they have to have, obviously, since it's HTML5, they've got to be IIS servers. Um, and, you know, how easy it, is it for you to, you know, um, create a cluster of them? Sure. Excellent question. And let me address each point individually. Uh, I'll, I'll start with, again, a statistic. My current record for getting the entire system up and running from scratch is 19 minutes. That's one mm-hmm. nine. I'm not exaggerating. Okay. <laughs> okay, let me explain to you how the system works uh, in terms of its components. So there's the central management system, which we call the Aircom Connect grid. Uh, it, the entire system comes with a single installer, and that installer can be used to install any various different parts of the system. The components of the system are, obviously on the edge of the network, you have your secure gateway. That's an Aircom secure gateway, which is also part of the grid technology. We have the core grid uh, servers, again, which you can have a single one or you can make you know, multiple. We have a small host agent uh, which sits on each terminal host. Now, those terminal hosts can be RDS servers. They can be physical desktops. They can be virtual desktops. It doesn't really matter to us. Anywhere you install that, that uh, little host agent, which is basically like an, it's an agent, which does two things. That agent A lets us monitor server health and uh, availability. And the other part of the agent is actually the access server which allows us to serve up the HTML5. Uh, in this particular case, we actually do not need IIS anywhere. Okay? We're not reliant on IIS. We have our own built-in uh, web servers uh, in, mo- in all these components where necessary. You can use IIS for certain components if people are more comfortable, but that's you know, not necessary. So in terms of getting the system up and running, the first component would be to get your core server. You do a simple, literally click, next, 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 install. Uh, it, after it's installed, it takes about five minutes. Uh, Where does it live? Does it have to live in the DMZ? Does it live behind a firewall? Does it live outside the firewall? Where does it live? The Connect server itself would live inside the firewall, inside your network, inside your data center. Okay, so this is the management server. That would live inside your firewall. Uh, The the secure gateway component, which is the edge of your network, that would sit in the DMZ. Okay. Okay. so you install, you know, simple next, 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 five-minute five, five minute install of the main grid server. After that, it, it comes up with a, uh, what we call a bootstrap screen, which basically allows you to give a, a name to the grid, give, obviously, administrative credentials, uh, either install SQL Server or tell it where your installed SQL Server is, either on that same machine or anywhere in the network. Uh, once it has that information, it then bootstraps itself, which bootstrapping means creating the grid, uh, creating the database, preloading the database, obviously, with the basic setup uh, that we need, um, and, of course, also installing the web-based administrative UI. At that okay. point, once that install is done and the bootstrap is done, you now have a working grid system. Okay, you can bring up the administrative UI, log in as an administrator, change different settings on the screen, whatever, whatever you want to do, publish applications. Now, obviously, the first step you would need to do then, the next step, I'm sorry, would be to install the host agent on each one of the terminal hosts, you mm-hmm. can start with one, you can start with 50, you can start with 2,000, you know, whatever, whatever you happen to need. So basically, uh, it's, people are connecting using SSL 
and then once they're inside the network, they're using RDP? It's actually not RDP. It's either going to be our Blaze protocol or it's going to be the AccessNow HTML5 protocol for the okay. end user experience. Okay, and your Blaze protocol is based on RDP though, right? It's, yes, it's based on RDP, okay. correct. Okay. But the, 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 the real beauty of the system is once you, when you install those, uh, the little component, the agent, on any of the hosts, or even if you're storing a new gateway, it's a matter of installing that component, giving that component its credentials, and the name of the grid on your network, the connect grid you've already installed, and then all the setup and configuration information for each of those components is then actually brought down to the component from the grid itself. So you don't actually have to sit on each individual scene and configure it. You don't have to sit on each of the machine and make setup and, uh, and play with all the various settings. It all happens in the centralized location. So when you bring up a second grid machine, because you want, actually want to make a grid, which would have to be two, two management servers, so you have you know active, active cluster, it's a matter of doing the same install, configuring it in the bootstrap as adjoining to an existing grid, again, credentials, grid name, and then the, is, the grid is now self-aware. So the grid is able to understand that another grid has joined it, and it will begin to distribute load as the load becomes necessary amongst those two or three or you know, however many servers you and want to have. And it's active, active. Like, is that what you said, that it was active, Absolutely active, active. active. Yes. Okay. It's, it's, it's better than active, active. Um, it's actually uh, self-load balanced across all the grids, across all the servers in the grid. Okay. okay. So if one goes down... Um, the other two, when you bring one back up, will let it know what's been going on and, and feed it the data that it needs. Exactly, exactly. You know, there's a SQL server behind there, which is obviously uh, taking backups of all the data, so all the log files are being written out to the SQL server. Now, the SQL server is not mission critical, so if the SQL server goes offline, the grid just starts a queue of log file, of log file entries until the SQL server becomes back available. Uh, mm -hmm. But if one of the grid servers itself went down, no big deal. The data gets shifted, basically, uh, in technical terms. Each piece of data is written to two points in the grid, sort of like in a hardware RAID configuration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everything is written in two parts of the grid. So if any single server goes down, there's always at least one or more backups of each piece of data somewhere else in the grid. All right. So how do you publish the applications um, you know, via HTML5? Do you actually put an agent on all the servers that are the application servers? Yes, so we have a small agent that sits on every application server, um, and then you actually go into the, the uh, Ericom Connect administrative console, again, all simply web-based. Uh, you go to the publish screen, very straightforward. You pick a server to be used as like a template, basically, say, you know, if, let's say you have a RDS host and they're all gold imaged or whatever it is. We pick one. We can see where the various different applications you have already loaded on there because our agent can report to us the applications you have loaded. Uh, it's a matter of picking the various applications. The entire uh, theory, the way we approach this is, again, thinking to the enterprise, thinking to thousands of users with hundreds of applications, we approach everything from a group perspective. So we like to publish groups of applications, obviously groups of users from an Active Directory uh, group, uh, running on groups of terminal hosts. Mm -hmm. Doing it one by one is is complex. Doing it one by one is just time consuming. We found in most enterprise organizations, whether you're talking about a hospital, whether you're talking about you know, a financial organization, there's usually some sort of grouping that can occur. So maybe the doctors all need this set of apps and the nurses need these set of apps. Um, and most of the logical approach to configuring that is done on a group-by-group -group level. So everything in Connect is based on groups. Uh, all your settings that you have related to your sessions so settings like, do I want to have clipboard turned on or off? 
They want to have printing turned on or off. They want to have drive mapping turned on or off. Uh, all those various different types of in-session configuration can be done individual apps, can be done on the group level, can be done on the user level. Uh, there's multiple different levels where you can set that kind of uh, configuration depending on your business needs. So the system is as easy as you want. You can actually publish an app in three clicks, or you could spend you know, a few hours configuring all the various different options to make sure that the end user experience is what you expect it to be. Right, right. Okay, so um, the you know you mentioned you you either use users either use the Blaze protocol or they use the HTML5 um, protocol. Um, the HTML5 protocol is that TCP? The HTML protocol makes use of web of web sockets, so it's basically TCP. Uh, web sockets is uh, I guess a form of TCP. Web sockets is a protocol within uh, HTML5 which allows for a direct basically. Basically, a TCP connection between the web browser uh, and the server that's serving up the data. Uh, okay. And by having that web socket, we're now able to send data bidirectionally very, very easily between the web browser, which is actually hosting the session, between presenting the session, and the server, which is actually hosting the session. And you have virtual channels inside of it for things like, um, I don't know, multimedia? It all actually streams down in the WebSocket. The, the connection between the browser and the server is all a WebSocket. In that WebSocket, we stream uh, you know, images, we stream video, uh, we stream everything that's happening on the screen. We stream audio, obviously, uh, clipboard, copy-paste. Uh, we support printing. So if you're printing inside a web-based session, uh, it's actually really cool technology. It actually converts your printed, whatever you're trying to print, if it's a report or a document, into a PDF file and then mm -hmm. sends that down into your web browser as a PDF and then can send it to you know, whatever local printer you want. Um, okay, so the, the question I was asking is, is, do the primitives get sent down to the endpoint and then get um, uh, re-built you know, um, built there? Does it leverage the codex at the endpoint? Or are you guys leveraging you know, the technology from NVIDIA with the um, you know, uh, GPU cards, the virtual GPU cards for you know the the back end, um, or do you allow for both? Um, good question. So obviously on the end user side, because we're running inside the browser and in the browser only in the HTML5 world, so then we're making use of the browser, whatever the browser gives us. Okay, so mm -hmm. we can't make use of you know graphical cards unless the browser makes use of those. On the back end. Um, we do some work on the graphical cards, not much. Most of our work, again, is making use of, of the RDP layer uh, and then translating that RDP layer into HTML5. So it's basically translating the RDP protocol into images, video, audio, vector drawings, whatever it needs to be, to make it come down to the screen as fast as possible. You, know, you want to get to an experience where even in the web browser, you're getting to 30, 25, 30 frames per second. So basically a mm -hmm. video quality technology running inside your browser. Okay, so say somebody's using, I don't know, um, AutoCAD um, yep. you know, through your product. Um, what's their experience going to be like? So AutoCAD is always, uh, there's, there's basically two uh, base mark, benchmark tests everyone's always using. It's AutoCAD and YouTube. I don't know why, uh -huh. but that's what everyone's always using. Um, and the answer is, uh, with YouTube for sure, it streams fine. Obviously, you know, bandwidth, bandwidth associated and make sure your, your server that you're hosting on is, is strong enough. Uh, YouTube audio, with audio, it, it works pretty much seamlessly. We've streamed uh, HD full screen YouTube video with audio 
without a problem in the browser, even over a WAN. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, AutoCAD, uh, we, we have a number of customers who actually use AutoCAD. Uh, one of our, our favorite customers I like to talk about is a company out of Germany called BrainLab. They actually make a piece of hardware which allows doctors and nurses to do all kinds of sophisticated scans on the brain looking for cancer or things like that in the brain. Um, and they had a problem. It's actually a piece of hardware they deliver with a screen and a computer built in. And they had a request from their doctors who were using the product for iPad access. Um, so, you know, to rebuild that entire system with an iPad application was just prohibitively expensive and complex. So their solution, obviously, uh, instead was actually come to Ericom and include the Ericom Access Now HTML5 technology in, built into their product itself. And they actually stream that using HTML5 to the iPad. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, uh, when you're dealing with brain scans uh, and you're dealing with 3D brain scans, uh, they, the picture has to be clear enough. And we're not talking about you know, business critical. We're talking about life critical here. Uh, they have, so the image has to be clear enough and the ability for the doctor to manipulate those images and you know, turn around the brain scans, uh, if you saw it, it would be absolutely amazing, uh, was, was very important. We work with them, and they are, we are now the provider of choice. We're actually embedded inside the brain lab system, everyone that goes out, for web-based or tablet-based access. Um, so it just gives you an idea of the technology we have in terms of the HTML5 protocol and how high quality it is, how responsive it is, uh, and how easy it is for, for doctor, even a, a doctor to manipulate and, and work in a 3D environment. Okay, next question would be um, as far as the HTML endpoints, um, you know, regardless of whether it's Linux or Microsoft or you know, iOS, are the feature um, is is there feature parity across them? Meaning, do they support the same? You know, do they have the same drivers? Do they support the same kind of printers? Do they support the same kind of um, uh, re, you know port redirection? Are are these features um, similar? Do they have the same you know sort of codecs when it comes to you know um, audio and sound? Are the, feature, are the features the same across all of the, the client versions? Yeah, so from an end-user perspective, in the HTML5 world, absolutely. Um, I mean, there might be some Linux-based browser that I haven't tested on yet, but on the, on the standard web browsers, which are you know Firefox, Chrome, IE, Safari, uh, I think we test on Opera as well, um, the feature set is full, full, basically full feature parity across all the platforms. So whether you're accessing that, from a Windows desktop, a Mac desktop, a Linux desktop, a Chromebook, uh, an iPad, uh, a BlackBerry, uh, you're basically getting the same exact feature set. The only time where the feature set changes a slight drop is that IE, because of its somewhat lax security, actually allows us to do things that we can't do in other browsers, specifically mm-hmm. regarding to cut and paste. So in IE, we can do a native cut and paste, whereas in other browsers, it actually pops up a little like a overlay window, which allows you to cut and paste between the session and your remote session or your local session. Uh, but other than that, yeah, full feature parity. So you can print, you can transfer files from your local session to the remote session or from the remote session to the local session. Uh, you can, like I say, copy-paste, print, uh, audio, video, all exactly the same across any platform, again, in the HTML5 world. Okay. Um, so basically what you're saying is is that you created a new um, broker and all it delivers is applications through HTML5 using uh, the Blaze technology or um, you know the regular um, you know 443 technology like um, SSL, right? A- am I correct? 
Yeah, I mean, again, it just depends on the, what the end user's preference or the administrator's preference. We're either talking about it delivering via HTML5 to the end user in their uh -huh. browser or delivering a, a native-based experience, which is, means installing the Aracom Access Pad, which is, I guess, what you would call our equivalent of Citrix Receiver, uh, on any platform. So we have that Access Pad All right. for... Can you get that in the app stores? Yeah, of course, sure. We, the, okay. if you, uh, our, our app store, the product for the mobile devices is called Access to Go, and that's already in the Google App Store, app, the iPhone, iPad app, iPhone App Store, BlackBerry App Store. It's, it's an old one. It's called Aircom okay. Access to Go. Okay, all right. Um, that's important because a lot of people are starting to write the, the code for the app stores before they you know, write them for PCs. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely, so, see that a lot. <laughs> what was your motivation to create a you know a new browser when you've got companies like Citrix who are investing heavily in things like Reddit Mobility and and the, you know that they've moved to MDX and you've got VMware you know starting to do the same thing, um, you know and and both of them have kind of been um, I, I don't know how to put it other than you know um, slugging it out in the public domain, um, are you trying to enter this, uh, you know, this um, fight? Are you trying to get in there and get some of that business? Well, look, we, we've been in that field for, for a number of years already. Um, uh, we've, we've, I don't want to say we, obviously we're, we're not as big as, as Citrix and VMware, we know that, uh, but we already have uh, quite a few customers. And, and as I started the conversation, and it's good to bring it full circle, is we've seen more and more customers come to us who are existing customers of either Citrix or obviously most people are you know, customers of VMware on the hypervisor side, not necessarily on their, their application publishing side because that's relatively right. new. Um, but more and more customers who are looking at Aracom as being a company that's focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's remote access to Windows desktops and applications. We're not in the MDM field. We're not in the VDI field. Just not the, the you know, we're, we're, we're very, very focused on what we do. And we think mm -hmm. there's, there's we, we don't think, we know. There's room for us in this market space. Uh, the Aracom Connect that we're bringing to the market has features and usability and scalability. Uh, that at least for the moment, for sure, Citrix and VMware cannot match. Uh, now maybe they're not trying to. I understand that. You know they're focused well, on Citrix different things. Can, Citrix can scale. I've seen Citrix environments scale up to 120,000 concurrent users. Sure, and I'm sure they can. But uh, I don't believe, based on our experience, that uh, they can do that as easier, as easily as we can, and with as uh, little infrastructure as we can. That's um, probably accurate. You know, that's okay. probably accurate. So, that's a, that's a focus of ours. So, you know, we're, we're talking to hosting providers. Uh, we have a large hosting provider out of Australia who has uh, currently, they're hosting a financial system, basically an accounting system online for small, medium businesses. They currently have 7,000 customers. Uh, they were a Citrix customer. They moved to Aracom, and that was on Aracom Web Connect. Uh, we're going to be moving them over to the new platform shortly because they want to scale up with, by the end of this year, to 25,000 concurrent users. Um, and they, they've chosen Aracom to be their partner of choice and as delivery for their customers. Again, two reasons. First of all, ability to scale. Ability, three reasons, I should say. Ability to scale, the ease of use of our system, and also because they are pr providing strictly HTML5-based access to their end users. Uh, mm -hmm. And our HTML5, Aracom's access now, HTML5-based technology is, is far beyond anything else on the marketplace today. So people who are focusing there, Aracom is the solution for you. 
So basically, this is a precursor for you because you want to make sure that you're prepared for cloud. Absolutely. And that's why you've gone with HTML5. Absolutely. Australia has their entire infrastructure, and I'm talking uh, over 300 terminal hosts. Uh, the entire thing is hosted in Amazon. Okay. Uh, okay, so, okay, so we are well-suited for that environment. And that's where the market's going. You, know, it's a, you don't really need to manage your infrastructure so much anymore. If you have all your servers on Azure, or all your servers in Google, in Google Compute, or you have all your servers uh, on AWS, the idea of managing infrastructure is sort of passe. It's all done by the Amazon layer. I don't need to deal with that anymore. I need to focus on making sure my end users have access to the resources that they need. Right, but mobility, you know, all these devices are becoming smaller and smaller and more and more powerful. And, you know, there's been this whole thing with, you know, that's been going around for a while, turning your your um, phone into your thin client so that you can just connect to, say, a TV, a keyboard and mouse in a motel room. So, um, you know, the, the fact is, is a lot of um, these, millennials and these natives, you know, these kids that are coming up that are um, mobility natives, um, they're going to be, you know, asking for us to figure out a way for them to work on their phones or for them to work on wearables or even augmented reality. Um, and, you know, you know, I understand that wearables are, are just now starting to enter the marketplace and, and actually be something that, that adds value to your job and augmented reality is a little bit further out because, you know, all of the different, um, you know, versions of Google Glasses, I mean, Google Glasses are out, but there's other glasses that companies have come out, out with to, to compete with them. Um, you know, the entry price there is so high that, that it's going to be a long time before that price drops. But with wearables, um, the entry price isn't as high, and there's already people wearing things like the iWatch. Um, so what I'm wondering is, is, you know, if you're publishing out the entire application, these um, kids that are the millennials and the uh, native, you know, uh, mobile users, are not going to be able to be very functional if you're publishing out the entire application instead of just pieces of it that they need to get their job done. Have you thought about that? Uh, yeah, it's a very good point. And it leads to, 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 to both, you know, to where, to where we're going in the same direction, which is there's many, many more people using many, many types of devices, okay, which leads to a, a serious uh, crunch on our IT resources. Now, the point you're bringing up is, as these devices get smaller and smaller, can we possibly uh, take our existing applications and somehow jury-rig them to be accessible on an Apple Watch or to be accessible on a Moto 360? Um, I have yet to see a solution which – I have yet to see the problem there. Let me, let, me, let me take it back that way. I understand the solution. I understand what some of the other companies are doing with taking parts of screens and putting them on, on watches and whatnot. I'm not necessarily convinced yet that in an enterprise corporate world, there's a need for that level of interaction with well, applications. Well, with wearables, I'm, I'm talking about like notice, wearables right now are, are notifying you of emails or notifying you of yep. text messages. They're not, they're not doing, you know, they're not, you're not seeing applicate, you know, real full applications on those. What I'm talking about is phones or um, tablets and getting the full, you know, productivity experience that these kids 
you know, who are native, motive, you know, mobile users who really have no brand loyalty when it comes to the operating system. I mean, I know that uh, the iPhone and the, um, you know, the, the, you know, all of the um, stuff that's coming out, all the hardware and the operating operating system from Mac is leading, you know, the pack. But that's just because, you know, they've got the sexiest hardware, and, you know, they basically get to, to you know, tell people who get who can and who cannot be in the app store. So a lot of people are forced to use, you know, the iOS because of the fact that, you know, most of these enterprise companies who are creating these, you know, mobile versions of their clients are, you know, the only place they can get it into is the iPhone. Um, So what I'm saying is, is when kids are wanting to use their iPhones, when we're talking about like interns or kids that are, you know, right now, just starting to, you know, get into the workplace and they're saying, why can't I do this on my phone? You know, the question is, is are you guys looking at that? Are you guys planning for that? Um, because I know VMware and Citrix are. Okay. No, I, I'm not – yes. Uh, we're aware of these issues. Um, we, we've seen the various different solutions on the marketplace today. Um, as we roll out our products in a, in a larger enterprise environment, which you know we're doing now, uh, we will put on our roadmap, obviously, the things that we think will, will drive business and solve our customers' problems. So if the, if the issues become related to publishing or accessing, I should say, parts of applications, whether that be single screens, whether that be single parts of screens, then we'll address that because the technology infrastructure we have in place allows us to do that already. Right? The technology infrastructure we have in place allows us to uh, understand what's going on on the screen. Uh, we already can have the seamless technology in place so we can publish an application as opposed to a desktop, obviously, uh, even in the HTML5 world. Uh, so taking it the next logical step, which is a subset of that screen, uh, sh- shouldn't necessarily be that challenging for us based on the infrastructure we have in place. And uh, I, I assume, uh, I'm, I can't speak for my product management team quite uh, right now, but I assume that's on their roadmap of things that they've talked about uh, uh, in terms of moving forward with, you know, with the technology into the next, the next generation. So I, I guess my big question is, you know, what made you guys decide to, um, you know, enter the broker space when, you know, the broker wars kind of ended Years ago, like back in 2009, 2010, why, why, why come into the broker space now? It's an interesting question. Uh, my, my first uh, response would be I would have tended to agree with you except I saw VMware enter the space again just last year uh, and still rolling out a new product in this space. So, so, so well, the, 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 space still, the space still has a lot of room uh, for creativity, a lot of room for problem solving. We, we didn't enter this space on our own decision. Uh, we're working with large enterprise customers, uh, uh, whose names obviously I can't mention quite yet, uh, who are existing customers of obviously uh, some of the other competitive products who have come to us and basically begged, I, mean, I don't mean to exaggerate, uh, but basically begged us to provide them a solution so they can get off their existing platforms. They find their existing platforms to be complex. They find, their existing, they find that the vendors that they're dealing with are not necessarily focused on the traditional connection brokering virtualization market space. 
and not you know not pointing guilt in any direction. Uh, I just know what we hear in the market space. Uh, and being in this space for you know, Ericom is not a new company. Ericom has been around for 21 years. Uh, we started in the term emulation world, and we moved to the Windows virtualization world. Uh, we, we know what's out there. We know the solutions that are on the market, and we think there's room. Uh, for our technology, we know that there's large enterprise customers who are waiting to install this new version of Ericom Connect. Um, and yeah, obviously, I don't necessarily want to be in a slugging match with anybody, but if it comes to that, uh, we believe we can hold our own as well. Okay. What about VDI? Are you also talking about publishing desktops in, in um, you know, HTML5? We do publish desktops in, in HTML5, absolutely. Um, where there's two parts of VDI, obviously. There's getting access uh, from the end user perspective, and then there's the whole infrastructure management of you know, pools and images and all that. that. The pools and images part, which is basically VMware's world, that world we're not in quite yet. Uh, we dabbled in it a little bit, but we, uh, we decided to leave that to VMware for the meantime. Uh, we absolutely provide access to full desktops. Uh, we are, that's one of our bread and butters has actually been uh, providing the, the desktop-based solution as a, as you know as a, in conjunction with the desktop with the application solution. Uh, just anecdotally, um, we had a we have a large uh, bank customer in New York City who has a few almost a thousand licenses of our software uh, for exactly that, which is basically remote access to physical desktops. So when their users are at home, uh, they need to get access to their physical desktops at work. They're using Aircom access now to get access to that. I got a phone call, I guess it was about two weeks ago from a, from a CIO's level's office. There was a snowstorm that morning. Uh, everybody couldn't make it to the office. It's been a harsh winter in the Northeast. And they, uh, they needed more licenses because people were working at home and they had burned through all their licenses, uh, which just showed me the A, critical nature of the access that we're providing, uh, and also how critical it was to their ability to do business uh, how important it was and how easy it was for them to be able to provide the access they need to their end users to be able to do their day-to-day -day jobs using a strictly web-based technology uh, of access now. So it's kind of like a version of go to my PC, but they're accessing it through a website. Absolutely could be used as that, yes. Uh, and again, you could publish a desktop from a terminal host, or you could use go to my, uh, uh, sort of a hosted, uh, on-premise hosted, go to my PC. So you're not worried about the cloud, you're not worried about security because it's all being hosted in, in either in your data center, uh, in, your, in your local data center, or your cloud-based data center, either way, uh, but you have control over all the moving pieces. So that's just another business use case of Ericom Connect, which is to provide remote access to all your employees to whatever physical desktops or resources that they need, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, is there anything that you want to talk about that I kind of left out that you feel like you need to share with um, you know this community? No, I, I think we've covered a lot. I appreciate the time, Glenda. You know, we're very excited, as I said, about this announcement. We've been working on this for three years. Uh, I started off in the product management side of this project, and now we're on the solution management side. You know, really excited to start delivering to customers. The product's available as as we speak on Aircom.com. You could sign up for a free trial, download the software. Um, and walk through if uh, you know you need help installing, which I don't think you will, because as I promised, you can install this in 19 minutes. Um, it, it's uh, I encourage everyone to take a look. You know there are alternatives out there to to the big boys, as we say. Uh, we think we have a, a very good product, and we, and we encourage everyone to take a look. Okay, and this has just been announced today. You've already announced it. Uh, you announced it earlier today. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Uh, it was announced at, uh, I believe, 9.30 a.m. Eastern on uh, today. Okay. 
groovy. The other question I have, and it's, um, you know, kind of the last about it, is it possible for you to send me a Vizio diagram of it so I can add it as part of my article? Absolutely. I will, I will send it out to you immediately. Wonderful. All right, so how can people follow you? What's your, you know, do you have a Twitter address? Do you have a blog? Is there a website where people just can go and, and read about your progress and how things are going along with Aircom and um, the HTML5 project, you know, project? Sure. So uh, Aircom.com is our website, uh, and you can, follow, you, know, you can track us out down there. On Twitter, we're at Aircom underscore software. So you can track us down as there as well. Um, and that's where you know mostly posting all of our all 